Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Cotterell, and this morning's show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the day that was in the sports world, including our athlete of the day. We then talk about the games coming up today and what bets we like with our competitive hedge lay of the day, that three-teamer that you guys are looking for every single day. But our episode is sponsored by Bet99. For all of the, our Canadian listeners, Bet99 offers you a sports welcome offer when you join today using the promo code SHOOTERS. Bet99 will match your deposit 100% up to $600. So head over to Bet99 today to make your bets. Use the bets from the show and follow our social media accounts as well to find our fan lays, our player props, other plays that we like throughout the day. Uh, we put one out last night. When Tampa was down three to two to bet Tampa Bay money line at plus two ten, that one hits. So that one was huge for the program. Um, but let's talk about our athlete shout out of the day, and it goes out to Sebastian Munoz on the PGA Tour. He's probably not one of the most well known guys out there, but we got to give him credit for shooting the course record yesterday at TPC Craig Ranch. He shot minus twelve, a sixty. Uh, very close to that 59 mark that we always talk about. It's now been broken down to 58, but 59 is still the magic number that they love to point out. He takes a four-shot lead uh, at the tournament, and so that's huge for him. But anytime you can shoot a course record, that's a major deal, especially on the PGA Tour. So shout out to Sebastian Munoz. Let's see if he can hold on. We'll talk about his odds to win a little bit later on here, but he's our athlete shout out of the day. Let's talk about last night's bets, too. Um, this is why we don't like pre-recording the show, because we did it the night prior. We probably could have got a little bit better value, maybe would have rethought a couple of picks uh, the next day, because the second I saw Tampa Bay Moneyline, I was like, wow, I, I made a mistake here. This game's going to be a lot closer. And to be fair, Tampa Bay still wins. Unfortunately, it's in overtime, so they don't hit the puck line. Could have very easily gone on the money line side. Would have been a little bit less value, but would have cashed for us. The Mavericks money line, always we're in on that one. That one hits relatively easily uh, at plus 115. Really like the Mavericks uh, at home. Now we'll get a good game seven, but we'll chat more about that series in a minute. And then the Pirates money line versus the Reds. That one was just a straight up miss. Pirates bats didn't show up. Brubaker didn't pitch that poorly just when... The rest of your bats are uh, not around. That's a huge miss. So we go one and two on the regular plays. And even the alt lay play, unfortunately, didn't hit yesterday. Chicago White Sox money line versus the Yankees. That one missed. Uh, it was seven to seven. Heading into extra innings, they give up eight in extra innings. So the score looks a lot worse at 15 to seven. But the White Sox were in that game. Dylan Cease through two innings had six strikeouts, so he was pitching well. It uh, just wasn't enough for them to pick up the victory. So we'll be chatting a little bit more later on the, in the show about some other bets that we're going to make today, and we'll have a bounce back day. So let's talk about that daily news dump, and we got to start with that NBA playoff series that ended last night. Philadelphia was minus two and a half heading in, and... The Miami Heat win the game outright, 99-90. to 90. And I don't want to take anything away from Miami. They played a great series. Jimmy Butler had 32-8-4. and four. 
He had another superstar-like performance. He had some help along the way with Max Struss, who had 20 and 11, his best game of the series. Bam Adebayo, only 10 and 8, but it was enough, and he did well on the defensive end. Tyler Hero, 10 points. P.J. Tucker, 12 points. Overall, an all-out team effort. And I saw a lot of Jimmy Butler is a superstar. You can play like a superstar and not be one. And he's only had less than 20 points once this playoffs. So even when he's been off, he's still producing for them. He's crossed 30 points five of the 11 games as well. But I want to see him do it in the conference finals. This is, yes, a Miami team that a couple years ago in the bubble went to the NBA finals. We saw Jimmy have a playoff triple-double. Looked like a superstar then. But I want to see him do it now. Uh, in the present, once again, whoever he gets out of this Bucks and Celtics series. But I do believe that he can become a superstar this season, but he would have to win both the finals MVP and the title. So a lot on the line for Jimmy Butler in that respect. Let's talk about the Sixers, though. I mean, we're only supposed to do a 20-minute show, but we might go a little bit longer today just because I, I have a lot to say on this team. Um, they decided to give Tobias Harris a lot of money a couple years ago. And Jimmy said it afterwards. You really gave Tobias money and not me. And he's got a point, $38 million for Tobias Harris. And he didn't have a great series. He didn't have a bad series, but $38 million for Tobias Harris. You have to look at that contract. And when they signed the extension, I couldn't believe how much money they gave him. This goes all the way back to the very first episode of my previous show, the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast, where I'm like, how do you give Tobias Harris this much money? Because you know what he is. He's an 18-point guy, maybe 16 as he starts to decline. He's owed $38 million next year. So Tyrese Maxey, great playoffs for him. He's the lone bright point, I think, for this group moving forward outside of Embiid. Because he's been good and he's young and he still has a lot to prove. I think he's going to become their second options next season. If James Harden's there or not, I think he's their second best player next season. But you look at the game last night. Joel Embiid had 20 and 12. He shoots just 7 of 24 from the field. Joel's been battling injuries all playoffs, but everyone battles injuries and you got to play through it. Maxi had 24 and 3. He was 9 of 12 shooting. Tobias with just 14. And then James Harden with 11, 9, and 4 on 4 of 9 shooting in a game that you have to win at home. And if I'm the Sixers, how can I justifiably give this guy a contract moving forward due to the fact that we know that he's overweight? Like, he's not a massive guy, but he's not what he can be. So if I'm the Sixers and I head into training camp, you got a weight limit, dude. And if you're above that weight, we're not giving you that extension until you get below it. And he'll he'll opt into that player option. He's owed $46 million next year. That's what's also crazy. Embiid's the third highest paid player on the Sixers next season. The guy that's almost been the MVP back-to-back seasons. And then your coach, Doc Rivers. I've been saying this for years about Doc. Yes, you won a title and you went to another finals in Boston. He has not made a conference final since 2011. 11 seasons with talented groups, whether it's that Sixers group, whether it's the Clippers in LA. I mean, 
how can we continue to call this guy one of the upper echelon of coaches because he won a title 15 years ago? We don't even talk about Rick Carlisle in that sense, and he won one 10 years ago. So I get sick of the Doc Rivers is an elite coach stuff. He doesn't appear to make adjustments. There's something missing from that group. I think he just had so much talent in Boston that it was impossible for them to lose. I truly believe that. So the Sixers need to reevaluate. Is James Harden actually going to get in playing shape? Is he actually going to start to take this seriously? Because it doesn't appear that he's doing that. Then let's head over to the Dallas and Phoenix series. Phoenix no-showed in this game, but Dallas no-showed the last game. So Dallas wins 113-86. Luka with another great game, 33-11-8. He got help. Reggie Bullock with 19, Dinwiddie with 15, Brunson with 18. When Dallas gets that kind of production from their other guys, they're a very dangerous team. And this is a team that could upset in a Game 7. Yes, did they get blown out in the last home game? Have they not really competed on the road yet this series? Sure. But you head into that building, you get these guys hitting some shots, maybe some Finney Smith, maybe some Bertons, maybe some Kleber as well. Then that's a very difficult group to beat. Phoenix, they got 21 and 11 from Aiton. Booker had 19 and 8. Chris Paul had 13 and 4. And Bridges had 7, 5, and 5. If Luka gets help and Mikhail Bridges and Chris Paul continue to play offensively this way, Dallas is moving on to the next round. I mean, Chris Paul has 13 points. That's ridiculous. That This cannot happen at this level. I know he's more of a facilitator later in his career, but he's got to give you something scoring-wise, and he hasn't done that, and Bridges hasn't either. He's been very inconsistent. Yes, is he covering the difficult assignment? Sure but you need to give them a little bit more offensively as well. NHL playoffs. Boston wins 5-2 versus Carolina. Once again, the home team wins. All six games have been won by the home team. Swayman made 23 saves in the win. They got a goal from Marchand, and Coyle scored Lazar, Forbort, and Halla. They really only they got one goal from their top line, but they got some other points along the way. Overall, they now got to figure out a way to go and win in Carolina probably the toughest building to win in this playoffs. Ranta made 29 saves in the loss. Svechnikov scored twice. Boston were just the quicker team all night. Now, Carolina, this is why you earn uh, home ice. You got to go back there and uh, take care of business. A series that we thought would be over, Toronto and Tampa Bay. Oh, wait, we didn't think it'd be over. We had Tampa Bay yesterday. But Tampa Bay wins 4-3. to three. Vasilevsky makes 30 saves. Braden Point scored the OT winner. You had Paye, Sorelli, and Kucherov all score in regulation. Toronto had Campbell with 31 saves. Tavares scored twice, and Matthews added another. Toronto dominated the overtime session. They dominated most of this game. Just weren't able to close it out. And now they have that fateful Game 7 that everyone in Leafs Nation doesn't want to see. Everyone outside of Leafs Nation wants to see because this is this is a huge test. If they are able to pull this one off at home, win game seven, the monkey's off the back and then we'll see how far they can go. If they lose, this is going to be a major disappointment for this Leafs group. It's a very talented group that they poured a lot of money into Tampa Bay. If they lose, they already got two two cups back to back. So to go out in the first round, it won't be the biggest disappointment because of what you've done in recent memory, but a lot of pressure on Toronto nonetheless will be on Saturday. 
St. Louis closes out Minnesota five to one. We had this blues future bet that we really like. Um, they are now going to match up with Colorado who are minus 400 to win that series. So we'll see if they can uh, give them a bit of a run, but Bennington made 25 saves in the win. Letty scored Tarasenko, Bozak, Pareko, and O'Reilly once again. They made the switch to Cam Talbot. I don't agree with the decision. You can't roll Flurry for five games and think you can throw Talbot in there and he's just going to produce. He only made 22 saves on 26 shots. Dumba scored the lone goal for Minnesota. This series just boiled down to they couldn't crack Bennington. Once Bennington came in, he played phenomenal. As you can tell, once again, one goal given up. And when you can't break a goalie like that, it can be very frustrating. So the Blues move on. Minnesota heads home. They're uh, hopefully going to figure out some contracts over the next couple years here and really revamp behind Kaprizov. And then Edmonton wins 4-2. to two. Mike Smith made 30 saves in the win. They got two from Evander Kane, one from Connor McDavid, and one from Tyson Berry. Quick made 33 saves in the loss. Sean Dursey and Carl Grenstrom were the goal scorers for the Kings. You're heading back to Edmonton for Game 7. Will a Canadian team blow it? I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see because Calgary, are they going to be able to close it out? Will Toronto, will Edmonton? We'll have to wait and see. No Canadian Cup winners since 1993. MLB lines, not a lot of games on the slate, but the Mets beat the Nats 4-1. The A's beat the Tigers 5-3. Astros won both games of the doubleheader 11-3 and 5-0 versus the Twins. Orioles won 3-2 versus the Cardinals. Reds 4-0 over the Pirates. Rangers 3-1 over the Royals. Yankees 15-7 over the White Sox. And Phillies 9-7 over the Dodgers. EPL-wise, we got ourselves a race down the stretch as the North London Derby delivered with Tottenham winning 3-0 yesterday. I mean, they score right out of the gate with Harry Kane. Arsenal takes a dumb second yellow, so now they're down a man. Kane adds a second one, so it's 2-0. And then second half, Son scores in the 47th to ice it 3-0. Now, this is going to be very interesting. Two games left. Tottenham's one point back. Both teams with not the toughest schedules, but there's areas that they could slip up. So if you're Arsenal, you got to go take care of business. Take six points and you advance into the Champions League next year. If you don't, Tottenham's going to be hot on your heels. And then the NFL schedule was released yesterday. Uh, Rams-Bills Thursday night opener. I'm a big fan of that. I can't wait to watch that one at Boston Pizza, as we do every year up here for the Jersey City League. Um, And then Russ versus Seattle as well, week one. That's going to be a battle. There's some other marquee matchups. You get Tampa and the Chiefs. You get Chiefs and Bills. You get... Uh, a lot of other great games. When we're talking about toughest schedules, the four toughest schedules go to the Rams, Cardinals, Bengals, and Bucks. This is pretty normal when you're uh, either division winner or you go deep into the playoffs. You're always going to get a tough schedule. The Bengals, though, that's going to be very difficult for them in the AFC. I think the Rams, Cardinals, and Bucks are going to be fine. The NFC isn't as strong. But if you're the Bengals where you've got a tough division and now a really tough schedule outside of that, we're going to see if that Cinderella run that they went on was a Cinderella run or if they're legit. And then the four easiest schedules, well, Dallas is in there. They're the second easiest, but Commanders, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, NFC East, easiest schedule. Dak Prescott, oh, right there. Uh, 
it's great for us, but it's because we play all play each other. I mean, Dallas gets that record every year that they do because it's not the toughest division. So very excited for NFL to come up. We're going to start previewing some, some divisions and stuff as we get closer to the season, probably in July. Talk some fantasy as well at that point. Let's talk about the game lines. Uh, big game lines today. Uh, WNBA, we got three games. The Dallas Wings versus the Washington Mystics. Dallas has only played one game so far. Marina Mambri had 20 in game one for them. And then they're taking on the Mystics and Elena Della Don. Uh, that should be a fun game. The Mystics are favored in that one. Uh, then you got the Indiana Fever versus the New York Liberty. Sabrina Ionescu was terrible in the last game, so we'll see if she can bounce back. And Kelsey Mitchell on the other side for the Fever. Can she deliver? And then the Aces taking on the Atlanta Dream. Aja Wilson uh, for the Aces. And then you got Ridden Howard on the Atlanta side. A lot of great WNBA games. Go get your WNBA League Pass for just 25 bucks. Then AT&T, Byron Nelson, Sebastian Munoz, he's leading. Uh, our PGA round bets didn't go as planned yesterday. Xander lost badly to Dustin Johnson. Xander was just even par, and DJ was minus five. And then Siwoo Kim loses to Patton Kazire. Kazire didn't even play great, but when you're Kim and you shoot even par, you shoot yourself in the foot. Munoz is plus 330 right now to win the event. Scotty Scheffler is behind him at plus 880. I don't love taking the first round leader. I know it's a four-stroke lead, but that can evaporate really quickly. If he goes out and shoots minus one, some guys are going to catch up to him. So if you are going to bet Munoz, this is probably the best value that you're going to get him at. Um, but yeah, I don't love this one. JT at 16 to 1. That's a sneaky value pick as well. Um, he is right now minus four. If he goes out and shoots another minus five, minus six, I think those odds are going to get closer to plus a thousand. Might be able to hedge out, but I do like those picks nonetheless. NBA playoffs tonight Celtics and Bucks. Uh, Bucks are minus one and a half, over unders 211. Rebounding battle four out of the five winners have won the rebounding battle. So Boston needs to commit to that. Um, this could be Tatum's superstar moment. Down three to two, you're going to get some help from Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, Al Horford. But this is an opportunity for you to go in, win a crucial road game, do or die game, and prove that you're in that superstar status. On the other side, Giannis can close out the better team without his Robin to his Batman and Chris Middleton. I'm excited for tonight. I'm really excited to tune into that game. Warriors and Grizzlies. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this game after last one. Warriors are minus eight. Uh, it's over under 217 and a half. Is Memphis, I, I don't like the Memphis is better without Jaw just because they won a lot of games without him. Uh, because they're not. You need that superstar. But can they get out to a hot start again? They jumped out to a 10-point lead after one, and then they blew them out early on. You're going to see if these role guys like Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., whether they can deliver back-to-back -back games or whether this was an outlier being at home. On the Golden State side, Steph's got to be better. They need Poole. They need Wiggins. They need Clay. Uh, let's close this one out in six. You don't want those three-to-one lead jokes hanging over your head, and then you have to head to Memphis for game seven. All I'm saying is put them away tonight. Don't give them any more hope.
the NHL playoffs, we got Florida and Washington tonight. Let's not forget that Washington was up three to nothing, and then they gave up five unanswered in the last one. The over underline here is six and a half. Whether we get Vanessic or Samsonov, who knows? Bobrovsky's going to go for the Panthers, but this has been a fun series. They're going to be in Washington. Can Florida close them out? I kind of like that Washington plus 150. I think this series has been that close, but it's not on today's card. Rangers-Penguins. Rangers are favored minus 125 versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. The over-underline six and a half. Pittsburgh, how did they respond without their leader? No Crosby tonight. Uh, and they lost the face-off battle really bad in the last game. Uh, Rangers won two-thirds of the face-offs. And with Crosby getting hurt, that also will hurt them in that respect. So can they get past Shesterkin? Or will the Rangers win, make this one a seven-gamer moving forward? And then Calgary minus 165 versus Dallas at plus 140. The over-under line is five and a half here. Calgary's going to roll with Markstrom, who's had a lot of scoring help, whether it's Goudreau or Backlund or Lindholm. They've had a lot of scoring in this series. On the Dallas side, they've been relying heavily on Jake Ottinger. He's been special, though. He's had a great playoffs. They need some goals from somebody, whether it's Pavelski or Ben or Sagan. They need to get some past Markstrom tonight at home to extend this one to seven and give yourself a chance in Calgary on Saturday. So, or on Sunday, it would be Sunday for this series. Uh, player prop line that we like tonight. I do like Giannis over 33 and a half points at minus 114. I think he's due for closer to 38 to 42 type range, especially at home. This is a closeout game. I think he's going to do everything that he can to close this, close this game out tonight. And I think that results in him scoring a lot of points. Now let's talk competitive lay of the day. This is our daily three-team parlay. No odds worse than minus 150. Only looking to put out winners on this program. But let's start with our first play, which comes from the WNBA. And it's the Vegas Aces and Atlanta Dream under 167 and a half. I don't think Atlanta has enough scoring to hit this line. I don't I don't doubt Vegas. And yes, you'll say, well, you're an Aces fan. How, how can you say that? Aces, yeah, they put up 100 in one of their games. They put up close to 90 in another. Like, I think that they're going to get close to 85, 90-point range. But I don't think Atlanta can keep up if they get into that area. So far, they've scored 77 and 66 points. So I'm thinking they're going to finish around that 70-point mark. If so, I think Vegas wins handily, but I don't think they're going to hit that line. They'd have to cross 100 if it is around there. So I'm rolling with the under in that game. 6-0 and so far on WNBA bets. Let's see if we can make it 7. Stars and Flames under 5.5, minus 140. The games so far this series, only one time have they crossed that 5.5, and, and it's when they had 6. Outside of that, they finished at 5, 4, 2, and 1 total. So Markstrom and Ottinger, they're on another level. I see this one being a 3-1, to 3-2 type game tonight. It's not going to be high scoring. And so I like the under on the Stars Flames at minus 140. And then Mets run line today versus the Mariners. This is an even play. Uh, Scherzer's going on the mound for the Mets. What more do I need to say? But the Mariners have Marco Gonzalez going one of four on the year, one and four record. How can you not love this one for the Mets? So to get that one at even money is really solid. 
So these three plays combined make it to 555. Really love this uh, slate today. When we're talking about our outlay play, if for whatever reason the Mets don't go, rolling with the Marlins plus one and a half versus the Brewers. Uh, this line is a little bit juiced, but still like this play. Burns is going for Milwaukee. He's their stud. But Pablo Lopez has pitched great out of the gate. He's 4-1 and one on the year. And so I think the Marlins keep it close. They might even win outright, but definitely keep it within a run. So I'm rolling with the Marlins plus one and a half. But thank you to everyone who tuned into the live show. I uh, didn't love pre-recording yesterday. Going to try to not have to have that happen once again. Uh, but really do appreciate all of you that listen every day. Check out our social media accounts at Pod for all of our plays throughout the day. Might have some live bets in the NHL if a team goes down early or something. But really do appreciate everyone that tunes in. And we will see you tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Got a special guest lined up to really break down these playoffs uh, in the NBA. And we will see you guys tomorrow.